Welcome back to the 20th episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. With the recent news of Naomi Osaka's mental health struggles off the tennis court, it's important that a podcast like Closer Mentality also prioritizes athletes' stories of struggles unrelated to their sports. Today's guest, Jack Beer, would have missed out on one of the fondest memories of his life had he allowed anxiety to control him. This is his story. Soccer had always been Beer's passion. Since he was five, his eyes were always set on playing soccer. The moment and the time that really drew me to the game was uh, watching the 2006 World Cup go on. I remember we were on vacation, I forget where, but I didn't want to really leave the, the room. I didn't want to go on vacation because I was just, my, my eyes were stuck to the TV watching all the nations and, and all of the passion from the players. And it, it definitely drew my inspiration to really take soccer seriously. And um, I really just started falling in love with the game ever since. So I think that was really the time around. I was born in 99 and it was 2006. So when I was seven or eight years old, that was really when I started falling in love with it and, and made it my full-time focus, I think. Even at seven, Beer decided that wherever he went in life, soccer would be the mainstay. When, at 13, the U.S. Youth National Development Team got word of his stats, Beer was invited to train and play with the U14 team. It, um, you know, sharpened my skills and, and I definitely made it my focus to become one of the best players in the country. So getting, you know, obviously getting that invite was um, a big accomplishment for me to be recognized like that. And, um, you know, that week in that national camp was actually tough. I had I had mental difficulties there um, as well. Um, but to be recognized like that and to play with all of those players is something I strive for. So it was a really great experience overall. Beer's skills also brought him to the New York Soccer Club. The Thornwood, New York native jumped at the opportunity to perfect his craft in a fast-paced club soccer atmosphere. Playing on that team allowed Beer the opportunities to represent New York abroad in the Netherlands, England, and Belgium. Our club team, New York Soccer Club, wanted to compete in a tournament in Amsterdam. Um, and that was an amazing, amazing experience. I love just going to tournaments and, and being with the guys off the field all the time. So to you know not be in a familiar space and, and to be overseas and... Um, both competing on the field, but also just having fun off the field was an amazing experience for me, just to experience it with, with my friends and uh, my teammates who I'm so close with uh, still to this day. Um, and individually, I also got invited to train with Chelsea FC's U13, U14 team um, in England. So that was like an insane experience. Um, I was just there for like three or four days, but, you know, the training was high intensity. It was like, you know, the best it's going to get pretty much at, at any level, um, especially European and, and, you know, to just be in that environment at that training ground, you know, which is like incredibly professional. And, um, you know, Chelsea right now is, you know, they're in the Champions League final and it's one of the best teams in the world at the moment. So to play with their youth players and, actually to see some of the players that I played with now playing for Chelsea's first team and um, getting minutes is like an incredible, you know, thing to think about. Like, wow, I was really playing with those guys. And um, that was, that was incredible. And, and I think I'm not, maybe a year later, I, I got invited to train with 
Club Bruges in Belgium uh, for two weeks. And that was also just, you know, to experience the, all these different cultures, um, you know, within a short span of time, it gave me a lot of, you know, great perspective on, on worldview, both in and out of soccer. And, you know, on the field, I also was performing well. I scored four goals in the two games that I played with them. And again, some, you know, a lot of those guys were Belgium national team players. So, you know, compared to the U.S., it's, um, you know, at that age, a lot of the top players, you know, not only, you know, I was playing with the top players in the country, but now I was kind of expanding my reach and, and were, uh, you know, playing capacity to the best players in the world, I guess, at that time. Those transatlantic trips cultivated Beer's viewpoint on soccer as the great sports equalizer. He was making a name for himself among the best in the world while expanding his worldview. That came at a cost, though. He began to feel the pressures of the national and international stages. This was his first experience with anxiety. As the end of high school neared, Beer was focused on finding a collegiate home for his skill set. He was still dominating club soccer and playing in tournaments along the East Coast when one coach decided to believe in him. Georgetown was at the top of my list and, and I definitely loved the coach there and I wanted him to, to come see me. So we were, we happened to, to be playing a tournament in the Potomac area. So that's like, you know, 30 minutes from Georgetown's campus. And he, um, he came and saw me. We had a, a good conversation on the phone after that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I also wanted to find a place that uh, I knew a coach was really, really interested in me and didn't just want to, you know, there's, I feel like there's, um, you know, it's difficult making a decision because you don't know where you stand and, and you don't know what your playing time is going to be like. You don't know really how much a coach values you within your class. So I, I definitely wanted to find a place where I knew I would be valued and I knew I could contribute the most on the field. Um, so I think Coach Weiss really made it clear to me that he valued me and he really wanted me on the team. And, um, you know, ever since I never, I never really looked back and, um, yeah, it's been a long journey from there. <laughs> Beer coming off of Gatorade, naming him the New York boys player of the year, signed his national letter of intent to play for head coach Brian Weiss in 2017, but almost immediately the mental roadblocks populated. Beer began experiencing panic attacks during team activities. Off-the-field scenarios created a constantly bubbling cauldron of low-level anxiety, which translated to his in-game play. It's difficult when you're going through it and, you know, anxiety in general, I think for me, from my experience, has made just judgment in general very difficult because you're clouded with all this emotion and you can't think straight. And that's that that was the hardest part for me and it and it still is. Um, you know, when emotions like anxiety and fear and doubt and uh, exhaustion and, uh, you know, all of those things come into play, it, it, you know, definitely interfered with my drive, I would say, to, I think that was the first thing, you know, like when, when you're having those emotions, you don't want to feel them. You don't want to feel like that when you're doing something that you love and, and, um, as a result, it, it, you know, made me think, you know, there would be questions in my head, like, if I do love this sport and, and you know, and I, if I want to continue, why do I feel this way when I'm playing or, or you know, when I'm in season or even out of season? Um, you know, why is this emotion and, and why am I feeling like this? Why is it taking over kind of my daily life? I think when it bled into 
my daily life and and other aspects of of thought and um you know i couldn't I, i wasn't able to do the things that i normally could in terms of just you know the daily the daily grind was really getting to me it was exhausting though beer played in all 20 games the 2017 season his mindset off the field was far from focused in order to escape the social anxiety of team activities he would tell the Hoya coaching staff and his teammates that he needed to study. He would make up excuses to avoid team events, but no one ever questioned him about his notable absences. It's rare that I have like a one point answer when people ask me those things, um, but I do have one point uh, where I definitely felt like, yeah, this is not right. Um, it was it was in this my freshman year spring and we were playing um, Duke at the time. It was just a, a friendly uh, spring game. And, you know, we don't, we don't have a, a competitive season in the spring. It's only the fall. So the spring was only, you know, five games. It's mostly training. It's really just for development. Um, but even with, you know, that it's less pressure, but I still was obviously putting all this pressure on myself and, and having trouble mentally um, dealing with my anxiety. Um, and this was our second to last spring game. So this was the fourth game we would play um, when we were at Duke. And I was starting, I started, I had started every game. Um, so, you know, again, my mind would go to, okay, I'm starting and, and the coach is valuing me and I'm, you know, I'm playing and I'm playing like pretty well. Why am I not still enjoying this? Um, and I didn't have the answers to that at that time. But in this game at Duke, I, the first half, this is, this was the most, you know, depressing and the worst feeling as a soccer player who loves to create and, and dominate the game. I just wanted to be out of the game. I, I wanted to, I was going through the motions. Um, I didn't want the ball. I was, I was basically hiding behind defenders to, to not get the ball. And um, basically I ended up taking myself out of the game. I, I felt like physically, like I was, done for whatever reason and and I told my coach like look my you know something's wrong like my hamstring is gone like I just want to be out like I I can't do this anymore um I didn't say it obviously like that but um you know I basically I I basically ended up taking myself out of the game and at that point you know I just like I put my head down and I was like why am I you know doing this to myself Beer was struggling and mistaking his anxiety and panic attacks, which frequently pulled him away from his team, for a falling out of love with soccer. It made me question um, what place soccer had in my life for the future. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was difficult to sort through, you know, am I losing? Is it just losing, you know, my love for the game? Or is it, you know, something bigger than that? Is it, is it? Um, you know, the anxiety and depression kind of clouding that judgment. Um, And, you know, I questioned if I was ever going to be able to be happy playing again, or, you know, really, you know, do I really want to kick a soccer ball again at all? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know whether um, it was losing love for the game or if, if the mental, you know, struggles that I had, really interfered with that. I think it's probably a combination of both. And I think they kind of intertwine um, together. I think the, the first is probably involved in um, in losing, you know, your, your drive and your motivation. So 
but it's also a very normal process. I think I've, you know, you have to come to peace with it at some point. Um, that, that that's what's occurring, I guess. When Beer recognized that his anxiety and depression were directly impacting his ability to enjoy the game, he took it upon himself to seek a solution. Head coach Weiss, who had believed in Beer's physical ability, was now tasked with believing in his mental ability. Beer approached him and requested to take sophomore year off from playing for the team. You know, my anxiety my freshman year was pushing me to the point where I was falling out of love with soccer and my performance, you know, on the fields. Um, I don't know really how much they could, could pick up on the fact that I mentally wasn't um, there, but I was happy, I guess, that that sparked, you know, the the idea that, you know, I wanted to communicate to them that, you know, my mentality wasn't in a good place um, to keep playing. And we had really good conversations about, again, you know, he, he was so open and communicated with me about how much he valued me, uh, you know, both as a player, but also more importantly, as a person. And he wanted to put my well-being first, which I appreciate it, appreciate it a lot. And, and I think it made, um, the things to follow after that a lot smoother than it would have been. Um, and it was really hard that summer, you know, after I kind of told him, look, you know, I'm, I don't have the drive, the motivation um, to perform on the field. I think it's hurting me more than it's helping me at the moment. Um, that summer was, was hard. It was, you know, I was depressed for a large amount of it just because soccer had been my whole life at that point. And, um, I think I tied a lot of my identity to the sport and, you know, thinking about the possibility of not playing is, <clears throat> was a difficult thing for me. Um, and taking that semester off and that season off from, from playing, um, gave me the peace of mind and the clarity, I think, to watch it from an outsider's perspective. And I think I was able to look at, just this picture of, of guys, you know, having fun and, and playing, and, and I missed it. That sophomore fall, he watched his teammates practice and travel the same way that any of the Hoya population would have. There were no away trips, no wins or losses, and no social anxiety. Beer's decision to step away from soccer produced zero panic attacks the entirety of his sophomore year. Feeling confident in his ability to control his mental wellness, Beer returned to the team spring of his sophomore year in 2018. As soon as he stepped back into his soccer player identity, though, the symptoms came raging back. The second one, um, the second really bad one, when I came back for preseason, that one really shocked me because I had a great spring um, returning to the team my sophomore year. Um, and I, I had a great summer playing. I was playing, I was both playing well and feeling well. So uh, when I came back to, to preseason, um, it was, you know, basically the whole team was in, was in one house and, uh, you know, we returned and, and, you know, I was looking forward to the season. Uh, but I, I guess this is what I meant by the social part. I guess I just felt so much, um, I don't really know what it is. I guess it's, I, I feel like it's a feeling of being trapped is how I always, um, describe it. Like I didn't have my own space. Or I didn't feel comfortable for whatever reason um, to to be able to be in that environment. I remember um, going, you know, asking my 
fourth assistant basically to just go back to the office with me and hang out with me and just we can like chill out and talk um, because I had felt the anxiety coming on. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult to figure out like a, a particular trigger. Um, there were definitely like symptoms similar to that that I had in, in uh, situations like the national camp and, and with the national team where I be you know how I how I always describe it is it's just feeling trapped and and feeling like I can't escape from either wh whether that's my mind or the or the um, actual environment I'm in I felt so I guess crippled and and um, unable to really breathe and, and be clear about um, you know what I was thinking at the time. When head coach Weiss approached him, inquisitive about the symptomology and how the staff could make team environments more conducive to Beer's success, it began the open dialogue that Beer had been desperately seeking. After the year off, and, and especially after I came back and, and had those panic attacks again, you know, that was when we really started talking about um, what anxiety really felt like. You know, he, I was grateful that he was genuinely curious and, and started just having conversations with me about what panic attacks feel like so he could you know, understand better. I think to, to your question before uh, a trigger point, I guess for me would, would be away trips. Those would be really hard because as I said, I guess I would get this feeling of, of feeling trapped and like, I can't, um, you know, that I don't have my own space and that, um, I don't have the space maybe to be open and, and be vulnerable. So what he actually did was, you know, he, he would make accommodations for me and, and he, um would stick me with people that i was comfortable with rooming wise and it made the world of difference it you know it it got me through away trips not only got me through but i really enjoyed the away trips and and i loved you know it brought me back to those times like in belgium and in uh england where you know i was just with my teammates and my friends and we were just hanging out having fun um and you know my anxiety and these intrusive thoughts weren't coming in because of those um, you know, all, all because of these conversations that uh, I had with my coach and, and he, I, I'm so thankful that he understood the mental side as well as the physical side of the game um, and, and was able to help me out in that way. Talking to my teammates about how I was feeling and my coaches about how I was feeling, there was no, you know, and to, to see their reaction that, you know, it's okay and that, you know, there's, we still love you. There's no, you know, harm and, and you know there's nothing you got to be worried about from from our end about how we're going to treat you that gave me the confidence and uh comfort to not feel trapped anymore I guess and and um you know I, I embraced being with them uh by the end of it instead of wanting to shy away I guess from uh from my feelings and, and my thoughts. Seeing the way that the Hoya staff and players embraced his mental health journey was exactly what Beer needed. I honestly expected, uh, you know, me to just go in there, say I was done, you know, I was disappointed, obviously. Um, but that was, again, when I really was surprised and, and um, grateful for their response, which was like, look, like this isn't, you know, this, if this is over for you, that's, that's your decision. But we want to do everything we can on, on our end to make sure that you're okay, you know, regardless if you're playing or if you're not playing. And to, to have them in my corner, even if I wasn't playing, it completely took the perspective out of like, 
out of the soccer world in general and was like, you know, these people are, are there for me and I want to, it, it made me closer to them and, and um, made me ironically closer to the team and closer to the sport just to have them in my corner, even when the sport wasn't uh, in my life. He no longer saw emotional vulnerability as negatively correlated with playing time, and he now owes that realization to his coaches and teammates. Basically, I I remember coming into the off their their office and basically, you know, at one point I was I was just like I, I think I need to be done forever <laughs> from from with playing with playing soccer, which is like an awful conversation to have with you know someone that has believed in you and and wants you to play and I also you know there wasn't a lot I could I could say as far as what uh you know, I, I had run out of options at, at a point because I felt like you know I also wanted to play and I wanted to be there and I wanted to be in a good headspace I didn't I just couldn't figure out how at the time um I think I, what I didn't realize was their support and their reaction to that and knowing that I was going to be okay, uh, even if I wasn't okay, actually was what I needed uh, to feel comfortable and to feel confident coming back and playing. Uh, also, like I said, just their general curiosity about um, what I was going through is something that I feared in the past, and I didn't realize how much it would help me that uh, they would ask about it and that we could could be open and, and, and I could be vulnerable uh, about it. Uh, those things. The captain, some of my teammates reached out to me. We would have, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations, group conversations, um, just about how I was feeling. And, and again, I felt valued and, and I trusted them with, um, you know, what I was going through. So coming back, it, it made it a lot smoother. And, and honestly, you know, when I, when I came back, it, it just had some anxiety, but it, it mainly just faded away. Honestly, I think just trust knowing that they had my back in, in all aspects, both when I was at my best and my worst, um, made me feel like I could be myself totally around them. And, and, um, and it helped a lot, yeah. Now that soccer was once again a safe space, Beer came into his own during the 2019 season. He played in 24 games and led the Hoyas to a Big East championship win and was awarded the Big East MVP after scoring the title-winning goal. Beer and the Hoyas then smashed through the NCAA tournament competition, outscoring opponents 17-5 on pace to win the program's first national championship. When the title game against Virginia came down to penalty kicks, Beer was surprised to hear head coach Weiss call him up as one of the team's closers. I, I scored goals that I, I never thought I could or would, um, let alone just being able to, to play freely and openly and have fun and and really loved playing again was like it was amazing it was it was pure bliss uh and and also you know when when we went into the national championship game was insane it was 3-3 it went to penalty kicks and to have my coach trust me as one of those five guys taking penalty kicks um for someone that you know <laughs> mentally maybe you know another coach wouldn't have trusted someone that takes a season off for for psychological reasons you know to trust me to have a cool head in that moment um just proves that you know it, it speaks to his character and the coaching and the coaching staff's character which is like you know they, they didn't discriminate whatsoever just because of 
the issues that I was having mentally. And, um, you know, it really, it really showed that, that they wanted me to succeed. After 13 PKs made in the shootout, UVA's missed shot gave Georgetown men's soccer its first NCAA championship win in program history. I mean, I, I, I'm still in shock to this day because, you know, three months before the last penalty kick, I was debatably not going to kick soccer ball ever again. And the, the, the change, the personal growth that I went through in that season and overcoming, you know, finally overcoming, uh, my mental struggles in that season was a type of gratification that I can't even describe. Um, you know, it's something else to perform well on the field, but it's, 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 it's another level of, of, you know, pride and, and satisfaction when you know that you went through so much beforehand and, um, yeah, the events leading up to it, I really couldn't have scripted. I couldn't have written it, like, I couldn't have written it out. Now, it's the journey that he reflects on, not the destination. It gives me a lot of motivation and clarity for the future as well about similar situations when I think I'm down and out, you know, just to remember what, what has happened to me and, and what I would have missed. I don't want to, uh, you know, miss out on, on those types of experiences you know, now and for the future. So um, it's definitely something I can always, always, always come back to. Beer has always been appreciative of his coaching staff and teammates for helping break the mental health stigmas, especially when those stigmas become deeply personal. Overall, they were very supportive and, and very understanding about, even if they didn't, you know, truly grasp what was going on, they understood that this is, you know, Jack's needs and, and this is, you know, he respects our needs, so, you know, both individually and collectively, so, you know, we're going to respect his. And, and that was um, something that I was so relieved about because of all of the stigma I felt and all the fear I felt around it. So overall, it was, it was, um, there were very good conversations that I had with my, with my teammates about it. Beer has officially moved on from soccer with an economics degree from Georgetown and is currently focused on staying present in the rest of his professional life outside of sports. It can be tricky, um, especially now, you know, not not officially not playing soccer and, and moving on with my life. I've spent, you know, 15, 10, 15 years just kicking soccer balls and nets. So it's it's it feels like a whole new world, honestly, which is exciting. It's really exciting. Um, but it, I think also the amount of opportunities and the amount um, the, the ways in which I could go can become very overwhelming uh, for someone that doesn't have a lot of experience with other things other than just playing soccer and committing all my time to being a student athlete. So um, I definitely still feel some anxiety about um, my future, but I think trying to stay in the present moment has been crucial for me. I think it's something that everyone should learn from a very young age. Um, I think it, it ties into not letting your worries and your fears kind of take and your emotions kind of take over your reason and logic and i think by staying in the moment you just focus on what you want in that moment and and you focus on your reason and logic instead of allowing all of these thoughts about either the future or the past um, or your past experiences kind of interfere with the present and what you want to do so um i think i'm i'm doing better and i'm going to take all of my lessons that i learned 
at Georgetown and throughout my career again, like I said, um, you know, to not doubt myself and, and to trust, I guess, the process and, and trust that uh, I will get everything figured out and that I can break through, you know, any any barriers that that come along the way. So I'm much more confident, I would say, uh, these days about um, my future and what I want. So I'm sure I will get it figured out and everything will fall into place. <laughs> For now, Beer has cultivated his legacy by spreading his story and the lessons he's learned to outlets like The Hidden Opponent and Athletes for Hope. You can read his THO article at the link in the show notes. If Jack's story has resonated with you, give him a follow on Instagram at jbeer10. While you're there, give at Closer Mental a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well. You can also now subscribe to Closer Mentality Unabridged on YouTube, where full interviews and additional content are being posted. Thanks so much for tuning into the 20th episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Millett. Tune into next week's episode when Misty Buck, a contributing writer for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's Behavioral Health Program, joins me to talk about the impact of implementing resources at Halls of Fame. See you next week. <laughs>